Dr. Charles Rogers is the Associate Professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Institute for Health and Equity and Associate Director of Community Outreach and Engagement at the Medical College of Wisconsin Cancer Center. Dr. Rogers, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Why is that important? Give us some perspective. Yeah, so colorectal cancer, or CRC, is the third most common cancer diagnosed in both men and women here in the U.S. Um, The American Cancer Society currently estimates about 153,000 new cases and nearly 53,000 deaths from CRC this year alone. So this March, but I would argue all year long, we're highlighting the importance of regular screening and healthy lifestyle habits to reduce the risk of CRC. We also know that for some communities, they carry an unequal burden of colon cancer. So that's why we're also focused on addressing inequities or disparities in health. And what exactly do you mean by those inequities? Who is it affecting that we don't realize? So CRC disproportionately affects African-Americans, Native Americans, and other um, members of of, of typical and under-resourced groups. So I like to usually say um, black and brown communities are usually faced the hardest um, um, issues with, with this preventable, beatable, and treatable disease. So individuals from these communities are more likely to develop colorectal cancer at younger ages, be diagnosed further along in their illness, and also more likely to die of the disease. Dr. Charles Rogers is with us, Associate Professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin. He's involved at the Medical College of Wisconsin Cancer Center. How do you screen for colorectal cancer? So those those various ways to get screened where we then I feel like to say that the best screen is the one that gets done. Um, And so colorectal cancer itself can be prevented through screening. Um, And so there's various tests. There's a colonoscopy, which is most known by by various individuals. There's also these take-home tests that are um, looked at um, uh, um, stool samples being taken. So a stool-based test, the take-home or a colonoscopy are most common. Are they both as effective? Is a colonoscopy better than a ColoGuard or a take-home test? So a colonoscopy is is what we consider the gold standard um, because the colonoscopy actually, um, you know, uh, is a procedure exam that can be done where you actually can remove any problems that can potentially turn to cancer right then and there. Versus if you take a if you were to do a take home test such as a a fecal immunochemical test or a ColoGuard, it looks for blood in your stool. Where if you did have a positive outcome, you would indeed have to get a colonoscopy. So a colonoscopy is still the gold standard, but again, the best screening is when it gets done. So something is better than nothing. What a great phrase that is, the best screening, the one that you'll do. Just mm-hmm. just get it done right. and get it taken care of. And I think a lot of us have gone through it. And for all the people who gripe about the preparation process, it's gotten easier. You have choices of a, of a less lengthy time to clean yourself out before you do the colonoscopy. But for a day to do that, that really could save your life. It's a good, yeah, I say it's it's a good process to do. So we'll have to do the colonoscopy if we're smart, but what are some other ways we can reduce the risk of colorectal cancer? And even calling it CRC makes it easier to talk about, you know, and prevent. I agree. And prevent. I agree. And so before I move too far, I want to make sure that everyone that's listening is aware of the new screen age. So the recommendation is now that the screen is actually 45. So we like to oh. say that 45 is a new 50. As it relates to getting screened for colorectal cancer, and that comes from that um, actually right now colorectal cancer is expected to be the leading colon is expected to be the leading cancer killer among individuals ages 20 to 49 by 2030. That's only how many years away? Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sooner than yeah, we yeah. sooner than we You're realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. And so it's very important for people to be intentional, regardless if they're 45 or not, to indeed do things to reduce their risk. And by simply living a healthy lifestyle, understanding your health history, um, getting screened, um, that can be very key. So even if you think about survivors themselves, they can improve their quality of life substantially through healthy eating, adhering to their treatments, you know, being physically active, and even getting good sleep. The Medical College of Wisconsin's Dr. Charles Rogers is with us on WTMJ. All right, what can we do to help? How can we make a difference? Um, talk about it. Um, it needs to be, you know, it's something that doesn't unfortunately get a lot of um, attention until someone famous passes away. Um, but it should be something that's talked about at households at, at all times. Definitely encourage a loved one to get screened, um, you know, as quickly as possible. You know, there's been quite a few delays due to the pandemic, but now that, the, you know, the world is slowly starting back opening up, definitely get those colonoscopies and other screening methods um, scheduled. And last but not least, you know, definitely join us at, join us at the Medical College of Wisconsin as we go blue in March. And so you're going to see blue everywhere. So blue is the color for COVID Cancer Awareness Month. Friday, March 3rd, next Friday is National Dress in Blue Day. So everybody, dress in blue at your jobs. You've got some toilet paper, paint it blue. Do whatever you got to do to have blue <laughs> in your office. Um, the mayor of uh, the mayor of Milwaukee has actually proclamated um, uh, March's COVID Cancer Awareness Month, so look out for that. Um, we're lighting a home bridge march from – we're lighting a home bridge blue March 3rd to mm-hmm. 15th, the, the first weekend in March next weekend. Um, so just go blue with us as much as you can. Hey, Dr. Rogers, while we have you here, I wanted to ask you about the Jimmy Carter situation. It's been in the news that he's decided to move to hospice. He's battled cancer and other ailments for quite some time. I mean, the guy's 98 years old. What can you tell us about his situation? I know you're not his doctor, but at a high level, kind of his situation. Yeah, so, so to my understanding, you know, I want to make clear that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Ph.D. research doctor, not a clinician. But with President Carter, he's been very open about his cancer journey, and we know that he was diagnosed with melanoma, a type of skin cancer, in 2015 that spread to his liver and his brain. So at that time, he did indeed underwent successful immunotherapy treatment. And I think there was a there's a catchphrase of the um, the card effect that was going around because of um, this drug was so uh, you know so successful. Um, but I like to note that while you know this is no doubt an emotional time for the Carter family, we got to you know with anybody facing cancer that facing cancer that which does not discriminate, we have to know that there's hope. Um, more people than ever are actually um, surviving cancer. The American Cancer Society recently reported that overall cancer deaths continue to decline, and we've seen a 33% drop in cancer deaths since 1991. So I would argue that President Carter's years of survivorship are one example of the advances we continue to make in diagnosing and treating cancer. Yeah, he certainly has exhibited strength all this time. And now, in this phase of his life, what does it mean to be in hospice? Great question. Great question. So when someone makes a choice um, to enter hospice, it means that they have decided to forego further medical treatment. The priority comes more focused on reducing any pain and discomfort toward the end of life um, um, and not to provide further treatment. President Carter, he's been very open about his faith, which can be a source of great comfort in the uncertain times of disease. So in the days or the weeks ahead, as we reflect on his life and legacy, part of that also includes his cancer journey. Dr. Charles Rogers is an associate professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Institute for Health and Equity. He also does important work at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Cancer Center. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, Dr. Rogers. My pleasure. Nice to meet you both, John and Cindy.
Dr. Charles Rogers is the Associate Professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Institute for Health and Equity and Associate Director of Community Outreach and Engagement at the Medical College of Wisconsin Cancer Center. Dr. Rogers, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon. I'm happy to be here. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, March is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. Why is that important? Give us some perspective. Yeah, so colorectal cancer, or CRC, is the third most common cancer diagnosed in both men and women here in the U.S. Um, The American Cancer Society currently estimates about 153,000 new cases and nearly 53,000 deaths from CRC this year alone. So this March, but I would argue all year long, we're highlighting the importance of regular screening and healthy lifestyle habits to reduce the risk of CRC. We also know that for some communities, they carry an unequal burden of colon cancer. So that's why we're also focused on addressing inequities or disparities in health. And what exactly do you mean by those inequities? Who is it affecting that we don't realize? So CRC disproportionately affects African-Americans, Native Americans, and other um, members of of, of typical and under-resourced groups. So I like to usually say um, black and brown communities are usually face the hardest um, um, issues with, with this preventable, beatable, and treatable disease. So individuals from these communities are more likely to develop colorectal cancer at younger ages, be diagnosed further along in their illness, and also more likely to die of the disease. Dr. Charles Rogers is with us, Associate Professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin. He's involved at the Medical College of Wisconsin Cancer Center. How do you screen for colorectal cancer? So those those various ways to get screened where we then I feel like to say that the best screen is the one that gets done. Um, And so colorectal cancer itself can be prevented through screening, um, and so there's various tests. There's a colonoscopy, which is most known by uh, by various individuals. There's also these take-home st- tests that are um, looked at, um, uh, um, stool samples being taken. So a stool-based test, the take-home, or a colonoscopy are most common. Are they both as effective? Is a colonoscopy better than a ColoGuard or a take-home test? So a colonoscopy is, is what we consider the gold standard um, because the colonoscopy actually, um, you know, uh, is a procedure exam that can be done where you actually can remove any polyps that could potentially turn to cancer right then and there versus if you take a, if you were to do a take-home test such as a, a fecal immunochemical test or a ColoGuard, um, it looks for blood in your stool where if you did have a positive outcome, you would indeed have to get a colonoscopy. So a colonoscopy is still the gold standard, but it's, again, the best screening is when it gets done, so something is better than nothing. What a great phrase that is, the best screening, the one that you'll do. Just mm-hmm. just get it done right. and get it taken care of. And I think a lot of us have gone through it, and for all the people who gripe about the preparation process, it's gotten easier. You have choices of a, of a less lengthy time to clean yourself out before you do the colonoscopy, but for a day to do that, that really could save your life. It's a Agree. yeah. Agree. I say it's it's a good process to do. So we'll have to do the colonoscopy if we're smart. But what are some other ways we can reduce the risk of colorectal cancer? And even calling it CRC makes it easier to talk about. You know, and, pre- I agree. and prevent. I agree. And so before I move too far, I want to make sure that everyone that's listening is aware of the new screen age. So the recommendation is now that the screen is actually forty five. So we like oh. to say that forty five is the new fifty. <laughs> as it relates to getting screened for colorectal cancer. And that comes from that um, actually right now, colorectal cancer is expected to be the leading colon, is expected to be the leading cancer killer among individuals ages 20 to 49 by 2030. That's only how many years away? Seven? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sooner than yeah, we, yeah. sooner than we You're realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. And so it's very important for people to be intentional, regardless if they're 45 or not, to indeed do things to reduce their risk. And by simply living a healthy lifestyle, understanding your health history, um, getting screened, um, that can be very key. So even when we think about survivors themselves, they can improve their quality of life substantially through healthy eating, adhering to their treatments, you know, being physically active, and even getting good sleep. The Medical College of Wisconsin's Dr. Charles Rogers is with us on WTMJ. All right, what can we do to help? How can we make a difference? Um, talk about it. Um, it needs to be, you know, it's something that doesn't unfortunately get a lot of um, attention until someone famous passes away, um, but it should be something that's talked about at households at, at all times. Definitely encourage a loved one to get screened, um, you know, as quickly as possible. You know, there's been quite a few delays due to the pandemic, but now that, the, you know, the world is slowly starting back opening up, Definitely get those colonoscopies and other screening methods um, scheduled. And last but not least, you know, definitely join us at join us at the Medical College of Wisconsin as we go blue in March. And so you're going to see blue everywhere. So blue is the color for Colorado Cancer Awareness Month. Friday, March 3rd. Next Friday is National Dress in Blue Day. So everybody, dress in blue at your jobs. You've got some toilet paper. Paint it blue. Do whatever you got to do to have blue <laughs> in your office. Um, the mayor of uh, the mayor of Milwaukee has actually proclamated. Um, uh, March is Colorado Cancer Awareness Month, so look out for that. Uh, we're lighting a home bridge march from we're lighting a home bridge blue March 3rd to mm-hmm. 15th, the, the first weekend in March this weekend. Um, so just go blue with us as much as you can. Hey, Dr. Rogers, while we have you here, I wanted to ask you about the Jimmy Carter situation. It's been in the news that he's decided to move to hospice. He's battled cancer and other ailments for quite some time. I mean, the guy's 98 years old. What can you tell us about his situation? I know you're not his doctor, but at a high level, kind of his situation yeah so so to my understanding you know i want to make clear that i'm a i'm a i'm a phd research doctor not a clinician but with president carter he's been very open about his cancer journey and we know that he was diagnosed with melanoma type of skin cancer in 2015 that spread to his liver and his brain so at that time he did indeed underwent successful immunotherapy treatment and i think there was a there's a catchphrase of the um the Carter effect that was going around because of um, this drug was so, uh, you know, so successful. Um, but I like to note that while, you know, this is no doubt an emotional time for the Carter family, we got to, you know, with anybody face, facing, cancer that, facing cancer that which does not discriminate, we have to know that there's hope. Uh, more people than ever are actually um, surviving cancer. The American Cancer Society recently reported that overall cancer deaths continue to decline, and we've seen a 33% drop in cancer deaths since 1991. So I would argue that President Carter's years of survivorship are one example of the advances we continue to make in diagnosing and treating cancer. Yeah, he certainly has exhibited strength all this time. And now, in this phase of his life, what does it mean to be in hospice? Great question, great question. So when someone makes a choice um, to enter hospice, it means that they have decided to forego further medical treatment. The priority comes more focused on reducing any pain and discomfort toward the end of life um, um, and not to provide further treatment. President Carter, he's been very open about his faith, which can be a source of great comfort in the uncertain times of these. So in the days or the weeks ahead, as we reflect on his life and legacy, part of that also includes his cancer journey. Dr. Charles Rogers is an associate professor at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Institute for Health and Equity. He also does important work at the Medical College of Wisconsin's Cancer Center. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, Dr. Rogers. My pleasure. Nice to meet you both, John and Cindy.